This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. Nothing feels as good as making others feel good. Those so-called feel-good holiday films? They can't hold a gingerbread-scented candle to the feeling of giving them something that gives them all the feels. Make this December one to remember, together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome in to the Sports Stove Podcast MMA Edition. That's right, we are live. And tonight we are previewing uh, UFC Vegas 24. We're going to talk MMA news, UFC news, uh, UFC 261, all kinds of stuff going on on today's show. We're joined by a guest, Jay Henry, in just a moment as well. First, I want to let you know that today's Sports Stove Podcast MMA Edition is brought to you by Skull. Candy. That's right. Skull Candy. You need some new headphones, some earbuds, anything uh, that you need to in uh, to better your listening experience. You can do it through Skull Candy. I am posting a link in the comment sections right now for everyone. If you need to get yourself a new set of earbuds, the listening experience you'll find through Skull Candy is top notch. As a matter of fact, I just ordered. Uh, a new set of Skull Candy headphones. They just emailed me 10 minutes ago that said they have shipped. And so I'm getting those in soon as well. And Skull Candy is the way to go. We'll also post the link for the Skull Candy uh, there in the podcast notes and the podcast version of this episode as well. So you can go there and find those as well. Thank you for tuning in to today's edition of the Sports Stove Podcast as we're talking all things MMA. And right now, I am joined by the one and only Jay Henry right there. Jay, how you doing? I'm doing good, Vince. How are we doing today? Man, doing awesome. Jay has, uh, he was been on our, uh, well, he was on the Belly Up MMA show that we were doing there on Saturdays uh, for a while. He's a guest on a number of different UFC or MMA podcasts and recently uh, was able to do an interview and we'll be releasing soon the interview with John Anik. How, how did that interview go? Uh, John Anik followed me a couple months ago and, uh, we, we've kind of talked to each other in the comments and everything. So I kind of built a little bit of a rapport with him. Um, he really is, uh, I mean, I, I really do respect him more than anybody in the UFC. I mean, just, it, it, it I, I got the, I got, I have so much respect for him. So I just sent you know, I sent him a heartfelt message and, uh, it didn't take but a couple hours. And then he replied back and said, sure, I'll do the interview. So we scheduled it. And uh, he was kind enough to sit down and talk to us for, you know, for 45 minutes. And like I said, it was, it was fantastic, man. Was there any time during the interview with Anik that you like uh, uh, were embarrassed because you were too geeked out over it? <laughs> no, I, I, I got that. I, I got that out of the way pre-show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, because as soon as he came on, yeah, I was like, you know, but 
once the interview started and once and you'll see yeah i i i was prepared i was ready and uh you know like he said he was kind enough to give us 45 minutes and it was a fantastic interview and we're excited to uh to debut it next week man that's awesome i know it you know i started doing interviews um, it didn't matter who it was. I'd get really nervous right as leading up to it. And about two or three minutes in, everything kind of calmed down. Right. Um, I was interviewing uh, Indiana head football coach Thomas Allen uh, oh, wow. a of, about a month or so ago. And he's just really intimidating, even through the screen, really intimidating. But a great dude and, and a fun interview. And it's, it's, that's, that's really neat, though, the John Anik interview coming out soon. Make sure you follow Jay on uh, Twitter. And he keeps posting information about that when that episode comes out as well. All right, UFC two six or excuse me twenty four UFC Vegas twenty four coming up this weekend. We got three UFC debuts, thirteen fights. Five fights have been canceled on this card in the process leading up to it, and who knows, there could still be more. Obviously, that we got plenty of time before that fight comes. Before we get to that, I want to start with last week's fights. Um, there, Vittori versus Holland. I got a few fighters that stood out, but uh, I'll let you start on the, on that card. What what stood out to you last week? Well, I mean, it, it, it was a fantastic card. I really did enjoy it. There were some standout performances. Uh, you know, we can start with Vittori. Vittori, I mean, I know Holland was a late replacement, but, you know, Holland is a dangerous opponent for, you know, any middleweight. Even though he's a smaller guy, um, just his length and his range, I mean, I mean, we, we saw it in the Jacare fight. He, he's just a dangerous guy. But, you know, Marvin Vittori came in, implemented his game plan, got Kevin Holland to the ground, and, uh, you know, it was an impressive win for Vittori. Um, it, it, in the co-main event with Sadiq Youssef and uh, Arnold Allen, I was actually quite quite disappointed in Sadiq Youssef because uh, he, he didn't look as explosive as I'm, as I'm used to seeing. You know, before the fight, I, I, I took Sadiq in that fight. And, uh, but, you know, Arnold Allen, man, he, the guy's on a win streak. I mean, he's on an impressive, impressive winning streak. And, uh, you know, hey, he, he's a contender. He's a contender at featherweight. There's no denying it anymore. But I have to say the standout performance of that night was Mackenzie Dern. Yeah. Mackenzie Dern is one dangerous lady. Uh, now that she's been able to put her hands together uh, it, it, and, you know, her striking has gotten so much better, uh, pe people are just afraid because they don't want to go to the ground with her. You know, uh, she, she, to me, she's got championship material written all over her right now. And, uh, you know, I think maybe she might need one more win before getting that, but I can see her uh, getting a strawweight title fight here pretty soon. Uh, you know, Kevin Holland coming off of that really embarrassing fight just a few weeks before, three weeks before this fight, I was really impressed with what he did. He looked so much better uh, in this fight against Vittori. Even though he lost, I think it's a positive step for him uh, coming off of just what was incredibly embarrassing three weeks earlier. Uh, I was impressed with Julian Marquez as well. I uh, oh. thought his fight was impressive uh, there as uh, he beat Sam Alvey. Uh, you're right, Mackenzie Dern is looking as strong as anybody right now as far as domination in her in her class. Um, I was really impressed with Daniel Rodriguez also. I thought, and they, and they said that he was injured in there before that fight also fighting he injured. Fantastic. Yeah, he looked great. And the the other fight that I liked was the uh, first fight of the night, Casagani. I thought he was really impressive to start the good start win for him. Off. That was a good win for him. It was so funny. Uh, we had it on the TV. Um, my nine-year-old son was watching, and uh, Kasaganai was walking out, and they didn't have his name up on the screen. And my son goes, Kasaganai. And I was like, 
how do you know cassette? <laughs> but he remembered a tender series. I was really yeah. impressed by that. But, but yeah, good fight for him uh, as well. Let's talk about some stuff going on in the uh, MMA world right now. I want to start with McGregor and Poirier. Uh, the dispute has gotten quite interesting. Poirier says McGregor stiffed him. They never never got the money to the uh, to the charity. McGregor says you never told me what it was going to go to. And uh, some interesting uh, um, back and forth here leading up to the trilogy fight, hopefully, coming up this summer. Uh, what are your thoughts on the McGregor-Poirier drama? Listen, let's go back to the second fight. I mean, Conor McGregor wanted to be friends with Dustin Poirier. <laughs> and I think, you know, I, that's not the Conor McGregor that we're used to. You know, we want the Conor that talks trash. We want the guy that has heat. We want the guy who's just, uh, you know, just going just gonna to go all out to sell himself. And he didn't do that in the second fight. So I think as we as we build up to this third fight, I think Connor's trying to get that mentality back uh, where he can find something to trash talk about Dustin Poirier. Uh, I mean, I don't know if the if the donation was the way to go, but <laughs> that's all everybody's talking about right now. So I, I, I expect to see Connor, the old the Connor of old, the trash talking Connor of old. Uh, in this trilogy fight, you know, it, it confuses me. It really does. I mean, I, it, what, trying to, trying to find something to talk crap about and you got to talk about a donation. I mean, yeah, you would think, and I think at the end of the day, the donation gets made. Um, and I don't absolutely. know if, I don't know if this is part of the gimmick. Um, or if it's legit, I mean, cause there is legit concern. If you're going to donate that kind of money, you want to know what it's going to. I understand exactly. that. Um, but I wonder how much of this is the gimmick versus anything. And I wonder how much, you know, I don't know, but I, you're right. I like this version of McGregor better than pre, uh, pre fight to, uh, McGregor against Poirier because it was boring. Um, and you kind of just assumed he was going to lose by the one that he was being too nice. Uh, so now he's getting a little angry. And of course, I just hope the fight goes through. There's a lot of talk about one of them not fighting now, and that would be yeah. that would be stupid uh, for both of them. The money's going to be good. The fight, I think, will be good as well. Uh, yeah. Quickly, John Jones. Uh, you know, of course, he's kind of stalling as well. I am. I have become. I used to love John Jones. I have become the biggest anti-John Jones guy there is right now. Uh, he's very frustrating to me. But he says that he wants to be as big or bigger than Francis Ngannou when he when uh, he finally fights him, whenever that is. Is that smart for John Jones? What, I mean, or is he just looking for excuses to get out of this fight? You know, that, that that's a tough call. I mean, if he wants to be as big as Francis Ngannou, I mean, we've seen we've seen lightweights. You know, if he's, he's putting 40 to 50 pounds, I mean uh, – I don't think he understands how much weight that is. I mean, because you've seen people go up to heavier weight classes and put on 20 or 30 pounds and, you know, they're tired within, you know, after the first round. Mm -hmm. Now, this whole situation, I mean, this is a fight for the fans. The fans want this fight. You know, it, it, it's been a long time since we've had, you know, a super fight in the heavyweight division. This is, you know. This is a super fight, and and I've mentioned this on, uh, you know, a couple of podcasts prior to this. But I mean, I don't blame John Jones. I'm kind of on John Jones' side right here. If anybody deserves to get paid, it's him. But I would, I, I, I think he should fire his manager. And here's why: because when John Jones gave up the light heavyweight title last year, they knew 
that he was going to be fighting either Francis or Stipe. Mm -hmm. We had almost a year. We had almost a year to negotiate that, whether Stipe won, whether Francis won. It was all about money a year ago, and they did nothing over the past year. That baffles me. So my conspiracy theory is this. Uh, John Jones is putting on all this weight. He's going to fight at heavyweight, but he can't fight till his pee's clean. And so he's got to <laughs> he's got to he's got to work hard and have enough time uh, where he doesn't test positive for something again. That, that's where I, I have the sticking point with John Jones. His demanding a payday or the, a huge payday and stuff like that. He's going to get paid big, you know, obviously, no matter what. But it's like, dude, you have tested negative or positive, excuse me, uh, uh, and and you have cheated and you haven't done it clean now for a while. Why don't you get in there and just fight? and then get the big payday that's going to come with it uh, afterwards. That's where I'm frustrated with him. But if he wants to get as big as Francis, I mean, my goodness, there's no way. John Jones as big as Francis is not going to be as gifted as Francis is at his no natural way. weight. And no so way. that's a dangerous fight. I wonder if uh, the Adesanya fight scared Jones a little bit, seeing Adesanya go, and Adesanya didn't put on the weight, but uh, moving up a weight class, and, you know, Adesanya overall is a better fighter, I would say, but he still lost because he just he couldn't hold it uh, at that at that weight level. I wonder if Jones is at all scared. Scared might be the wrong word, but yeah, uh, concerned. But that, that's a better word. Maybe concerned. I don't think he's scared. And I don't think he's scared to fight Francis Ngannou either. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I kind of agree, you know, that if they're offering him eight to ten million, he should take that. Yeah. You know, I mean. How is that not enough enough money comparatively? I mean, Conor McGregor doesn't make eight to ten million. Put like, I mean, if we're talking about a fight purse, Conor McGregor only makes what three million. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think you should take it. Um, don't 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 take this away from the fans. Uh, I don't want to say John Jones is scared. I don't. I, I'm not going to say that. But I wouldn't want to fight that version of Francis Ngannou. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I, I, I asked John Anik about that personally. I, I told him the most important question I had to ask was, "How frightening is Francis Ngannou in mm. person?" Because I, I mean, He's Francis Ng- they, they they put the label baddest man on the planet on the all heavyweights, but it kind of you know you think about it, Francis is the baddest man on the planet. No I'd doubt. agree with that. I'd agree with that for sure. Uh, <laughs> last topic I want to talk about before we get into some fights. Aljamain Sterling uh, announces he has surgery coming up. Um, you know, He says he's not going to be out too super long. He's saying this fall, early fall sometime, could be back as well. There's a lot of controversy about the belt because, well, he didn't win it. <laughs> it was given to him, but he didn't yeah, win it. And I have an answer to this. Okay, go ahead. Listen, strip him. Here's why. Because he's the first disputed champ in UFC history. It's a disputed title. If he's going to, I mean, he, 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 he's come back with a rebuttal saying it's not going to be nine months. Even if it's, even if it's four months, five months, strip him. Colby Covington won the interim uh, welterweight championship, chose to have no surgery, and they took the belt away from him. He was a legitimate champion. Colby was a legitimate champion. And they took the belt away from him. So if Al Jermaine, if they're going to, and I'm not a Kobe fan, but I'm just putting this into context. You know, like I told you when we talked the first time, Aljo should have dropped that belt off at the apex when he left. You know, I said, but him, it's gotten worse since we talked about it. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's flaunting it. I mean, he, 
I mean, he could have done it a lot more subtly. He should have dropped that belt off. And, you know, like I said, I, and I was a big supporter of Aljo too. Mm. And it's kind of fallen by the wayside. Yeah. I, you know, I don't think they should have ever given him the belt to begin with. Um, but I'm sure that's in the rules. I guess I don't know, but uh, it's interesting because the UFC has been so inconsistent with belts and, and titles. It makes it hard to know exactly what's going to happen because you look at some fighters, they'll win the belt and then they don't fight for another 12 months. And then they, then they fight again and there's no issue, but you are talking about a guy who's injured and now he did say he was had has had neck issues for a long time, but he gets need in the head illegally. Now he's going to have neck surgery. Uh, part of me says, well, if he's not going, if he's going to be back in the fall, September, October, okay, let him hold on to it. I'm not a huge interim uh, belt kind of guy, but um, you've got plenty of fights out there right now. You got the Dillashaw fight that's coming up as well. That's going to be interesting. Uh, Peter Yan needs to get back in. They need to find someone for him. If 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 he's going to be out for a while, let's get Yan back in. Let him fight somebody, and uh, I mean, I guess we could do an interim belt, or like you said, they can just go ahead and and. Strip. Can I say one more thing about that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't be opposed to them doing the Sanhagen uh, Dillashaw fight as an interim. I mean, I, I I wouldn't be opposed to that, but I mean, back to the back to the need to a down to, to the down opponent thing. I think they need to relook at that. I mean, you, you like we watched in one the other night. We watched mm-hmm. DJ. Uh, you know, it's it. I, I think they they need to reconsider, you know, the knees to the down opponents because most fighting promotions, aside from you know like Bellator, UFC, they do allow they do allow it. You know, it's not that it's a dirty trick; it's just that it's just not allowed. But you know, it, it can be used offensively without being destructive. Yeah, so, um, you know, DC talked about this on. Um, uh, what's the name of their show? Uh, Helwani, uh, DC and yeah. Helwani. Uh, he talked about that this week and he said, you know, he thinks that it, it needs to stay. The rule needs to stay the way it is because he talks about wrestlers are used to working from the ground more and different things. And then, uh, but you know, you hear DJ say, no, it's, it, this rule is fine the way it is in one. Um, it should be legal. All's fine. Uh, cause people are stalling and stuff like that. So, you know, it goes back and forth, but even between fighters, what their opinion is on it. Um, right. you know, it's, it's crazy. Um, cause we had it, what, two weeks in a row, we had, a, we had a knee, a knee to a downed opponent and different results, uh, in, in each of those fights. But yeah, yeah. I want to see Peter Yan back in, um, you know, oh, DC yeah, also mentioned you could do the Sanhagen Dillashaw fight. The winner, uh, faces Yan for the interim belt, um, which is an interesting idea as well. Um, yeah, I think, I think Peter Yan should be, if they're going to do any kind of interim fight, any kind of. Uh, interim title or even strip Sterling of the of the belt. I think Jan needs to be one of the fighters in there for that fight. And when I when I said looking at the uh, knees to a downed opponent, I'm talking about when you're standing up with your hands on the ground. If your knees are on the ground, that's different. But if you're standing up and you got your hands on the ground, should be allowed. I'm sorry. I agree with that. I agree with that for sure. All right. Before we get into uh, UFC Vegas 24 fights, I want to talk about uh, next week's battle, UFC 261. Three belts on the line. Usman Masvidal, Weili and Namajunas, and Shevchenko versus Andrade. And there's a stellar other fights on there as well. Uh, Of course, I'll have a a whole program dedicated to 261 next week, but let's talk about that card coming up because 
this card this weekend, there's good fighters on it. It doesn't it doesn't get my my blood going. But uh, UFC 261, that one excites me. Well, let's go back to whenever I was on your show the first time. Uh, you know, we were talking about calm before the storm. <laughs> you know, that that's exactly what this is. It is. It's the calm before the storm. I mean, you, UFC 261, I told you I thought that was going to be one of the best cards of the year, and it didn't even have Masvidal and Usman. Right. <laughs> and I'm still not – that. Uh, I, I'm more excited for the women's fight. I'm more excited for the Rose Namajunas fight versus Wei Li Zhang um, because, you know, I'm a pro-Rose you know, with Trevor Whitman, I think they're going to put together a game plan, uh, you know, to actually work their way around Wei Lee. And I, it, you know, Wei Lee is, she, she's a beast. Yeah. There, there's no doubt about it. I mean, Ro, 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 Rose is going to have to keep her guard up and she's going to have to move around technically like she does or else Wei Lee's just going to light her up, you know? And I think well, this is, go with ahead. That, with that fight, uh, Thug Rose, Zhang Wei Lee, uh, some politics came into it this week. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so there's, now there's a little extra, a little extra bad blood going into yeah. this one. Well, I mean, it's, uh, you know, with the language barrier, I don't think it's really going to be that big of a deal, uh, in terms of that, but you notice, I, I, I mean, you can't forget about the Valentina fight and the Jessica Andrade fight. This is oh, going to yeah. be Valentina, aside from Amanda Nunez, this is, this is going to be Valentina's toughest, fight to date you know we we haven't ever seen uh you know anybody really get valentina to the ground you know uh, but uh, she's phenomenal off her back but you know andrade is just fierce you know what i mean so i i'm really excited about this one and I, you're probably wondering why haven't you said anything about usman and masvidal <laughs> they went all, they went about this all wrong i mean it, it, the, the whole thing with with Masvidal, whenever he lost, you know, last year, I need a full training camp. Uh, look what I could, let's see what I could do with a full training camp. And then they, they only gave him a month. Now it just gives him another built-in excuse. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. I don't think he deserved another title fight. I would have rather seen Colby fighting for it. Mm -hmm. um, but hey, it's going to happen. And I don't, I, I don't see the outcome being any different. I, I like Masvidal okay. Um, it's not. It's nothing personal. He is a guy that sells tickets, but outside Absolutely. of that, he's not, yeah. in my opinion, he's not one of the best fighters out there right now. And uh, Usman, I think, yes. I think wow. I think Usman's phenomenal. My and, opinion on, go ahead. No, my opinion on Usman has completely changed since the Kobe fight. I mean, mm -hmm. the Kobe fight it, underratedly was top three. 
hmm. in 2019. I mean, that was such an amazing fight. And ever since then, Usman has just been utterly dominant. His performance against Gilbert Burns with the jab. Mm-hmm. And remember what I said about Rose and Trevor Whitman? Mm-hmm. I think Usman and Trevor Whitman is the perfect pairing. I, I, I honestly, the only person I see that poses a threat to Usman is Wonderboy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if Usman can keep doing what he's doing, he's going to pass GSP. I don't see anyone coming close to him. Yeah, and he's uh, he really is. He's phenomenal. And, you know, people are like, "Oh, he's boring. He's boring." No, <laughs> no, not if not if you're a legit fight fan. Uh, he's he doesn't waste time. He doesn't stall. He fights and he fights at the top top level of anybody out there right now. Um, Uriah Hall is on this card. I love me some Uriah Hall. He's fighting Weedman. Uh, you got Jimmy Crute, Anthony Smith, Randy Brown, Alex Oliveira. Paz Zabatini makes his debut. He's a phenomenal submission artist uh, coming in as well. And this card is stacked top to bottom. Outside of the three title fights, what's the fight on this card that you're really looking forward to? Oh, that's a tough one. It's a big opportunity for Crute against Anthony Smith. Um Wait, hold on. Yeah, Jimmy Jimmy Cooper, Anthony Smith. I, I forget which one was the second fight on the card on that one. Uh, let's see here. You've got – For some reason, I was thinking this was Burgos and Barboza, but that's 262. No, this is the three – yeah, so you got the three title fights. Um, then you got Hall, Weedman, Smith, Cruz, yep. Oliveira, Brown, <clears throat> Robertson, Allen. Yeah, I'm going to have to say Weidman Hall yeah. because, I mean, Chris Weidman – you know, like I said, I used to have the utmost respect for this guy, but his sense of entitlement and everything, thinking that he just trying to bait his way into a fight with Israel Adesanya. <clears throat> I mean, after that last win that he barely won, I mean, I, the, the guy still needs like – now, if he can beat Uriah Hall, I'm not going to say he's ready for a title shot, but I want to see what Chris Wyman can do. I want to see if Chris Wyman can get back on track. I don't think he will. Because Uriah Hall, I mean, Uriah Hall still still looks phenomenal. Yes. You know, Weidman's going to have to take Hall down. Uh, there, 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 there's no other way to put it, but mm. I, I need Weidman to back his words up. Yeah, and Vegas currently has that fight at even money, minus 110 for both fighters. Um, it's going to be, I think, a phenomenal fight. Just adding to that, I think all three title fights are going to be good fights. I think Usman dominates Masvidal, but I think they're, they're all going to be good fights. I like Uriah Hall a ton. I've uh, ever since his uh, Ultimate Fighter, uh, man. I just I've I've watched him, followed him, uh, love everything about him. And that last fight, that fight against Silva, was was great to watch. And um, I like what's ahead for him. All right, let's move ahead. We got this weekend's fight, UFC Vegas twenty four. Like I said, there's three UFC debuts. All of those on the prelim cards. Thirteen fights total currently uh, listed on there. Headlined by Robert Whitaker and Kevin Gastelum. The main card includes Drakar Close versus Jeremy Stevens, Andre Orlovsky versus uh, Chase Sherman, Abdul Razak Al Hazan versus Jacob Malkoon, and then Luis Pena, Luis Pena, and Alex Munez, and Ricardo Ramos and Bill Algio. All right, let's talk about it. What, what is there anything on the main card that excites you? UFC Vegas 24. Well, listen, Gastelum and uh, Whitaker, it's two years in the making. Two years ago, we were supposed to get, you know, Whitaker versus Gastelum. Um, and that's what led to the whole Kelvin Gastelum in the front row with uh, Henry Cejudo's belt pretending to be the champion, which was so cringe. But that being that being said, 
I was excited for that fight. I mean, because, you know, Gasolin was coming off some massive, impressive knockouts. And, you know, Whitaker, he, he was being Whitaker. You know, he, he'd already, you know, I think he was coming off his two fights with Yoel. And, yeah, I think that's what it was. He was coming off his second fight with Yoel. And, you know, I, I was just really excited for that fight. But here we are, fast forward, you know, two years later, later, uh, it, it was spoke. It seems like every every time we talk about a main event, someone's filling in. Um, yeah. But yeah. Paulo Costa once again falls out due to injury. I'm wondering if he just doesn't start his weight cut in time, and he start he gets to a point where he says, "I'm not going to make it," and and then he's out of the fight, or you know he he could be injured. I don't know conspiracy theories, but. I mean, this is a fight that's, you know, that's two years in the making. Uh, it, it would have been an exciting fight then. Uh, Gastelum, I mean, he's he, he's coming off of uh, an impressive win against Ian Heinish. I was glad to see him get back on track against Ian Heinish. He looked really good, managed his range well. Range well. Um, but, I mean, look at Robert Whitaker. Robert Whitaker took, to, took the first half of last year off, uh, and then he got two – uh, very impressive decision wins over Darren Till and Jared Cannonier. Mm-hmm. I, you know, even after those two fights, I think I, I, I wanted Whitaker to get another title shot. But yeah, and Whitaker's eleven and one out of his last twelve. Mm-hmm. His one loss came to Izzy <laughs> at Asanya, yeah. and that was in two thousand nineteen. Cage IQ uh, pops in there on Twitter and says Gaslam has a better path to victory if he goes back to his wrestling like a last fight. Uh, I agree with that completely for sure as well. Gaslam's interesting. Uh, you know, the, the Heinish fight, yeah, he looked great. Um, he's three and four over his last seven fights. He hasn't fought. I don't think he hasn't. I don't think he's fought anybody like Whitaker at this point. And I, you got, there's always the first, right? You, you always got to go after it. But, um, you know, that one, I just, to me, Whitaker's the heavy favorite, minus 260. Gaslam's at plus 210. Um I think Whitaker's just he's he's primed and ready, and he wants that rematch, and uh, that's what he's that's what he's searching for. I think I think Whitaker wins this fight. I think it goes to the decision, though. I think it goes to the distance. Absolutely, I I, I I completely agree with you. If I was a betting man, I would definitely you know. But I don't think I mean Robert Whitaker's takedown defense is top five in the UFC. People don't realize this how good his takedown defense is. Robert Whitaker is one of the best. You can ask the Australian national team how good he is, <laughs> you know? So I expect, I, but I expect, you know, these guys are going to be fighting at range. They're going to have to find their way and, you know, into hitting each other because they both like to fight from range. But I think this is just going to be a banger. I hope we get another Izzy and Robert, I mean, it would, another Izzy and Gastelum. I hope Gastelum has that moment. I mean, this is the, it, if Whitaker wins, he definitely deserves a title shot. Yeah. If Gastelum wins, that puts him back in the title picture. Mm. So, you know, either way, uh, you know, it, it, it's going to be a great fight. I mean, it, we needed this fight, you know, to to wrap up this card, and uh, I, I I think it's a it's an amazing it's a, it's amazing fight between two top middle top two, two top middleweights. Uh, Drake are close versus Jeremy Stevens close. Uh, his last fight was a round two loss to Benil Dariush. Uh, he's five and two in the UFC. There's a lot of talk about close going into that Dariush fight. And, uh, man, I became a huge Benil Dariush fan. <laughs> that, that, night. Was, that was a wild but, fight <laughs> it, it, for as long crazy. as it lasted. Yeah. 
Um, Jeremy Stevens, he's on a four-fight losing streak. His last win came in 2018 against Josh Emmett. Uh, this is one I like a lot. Uh, Drake are close, slight underdog. <clears throat> Excuse me, in this fight, he's plus 110. Jeremy Stevens at minus 130. Um, I'm picking uh, Drake are close in this fight. I think he's just he's more uh, in in rhythm, I guess, right now than than Stevens is. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Jeremy Stevens, you know, he is on a four fight winning streak, uh, but th- that was at featherweight. You know, yeah. he he fought at, at featherweight for eight years, and uh, you know, maybe he just needed a change. You know, and sometimes that change of scenery, uh, and we've seen. Tons of featherweights come up from featherweight to lightweight and just have tons of success. Oliveira, Poirier, you know. So, you know, maybe this is what he needed to do. Maybe that weight cut may have been bothering him. I, I think the weight cut affects you know, fighters a lot more than people realize, you know. But yeah, Drakkar close. I, 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 I probably have to take close on this one too. But I'm interested to see if we see a different Jeremy Stevens. Yeah, and I think this is a finish. I think close finishes Stevens, uh, which would be a little out of character uh, for for either one of them. Really, they they both like to go to decisions. Um, but uh, and again on Twitter comment, KJQ also commented that Stevens moving back up after nine years to lightweight. Uh, third fight, uh, third to last fight of the night, Andre Arlovsky uh, is back. Just uh, a couple a couple months after his last fight, he's facing off against Chase Sherman in this fight. Arlovsky three and five in his last eight. He lost to Tom Aspinall by a rear naked choke in round two. That was a shocker, in my opinion, back in February. Uh, and then Arlovsky's last six wins came by unanimous decision, by the way. Um, Sherman, four fight win streak. His first fight back in the UFC was a round two TKO win over Ike Villanueva back in uh, May of 2020 as well. Uh, your boy Cage IQ just said Sherman by knockout second round. That's the exact same thing I've written down on my paper. Uh, what do you have with Sherman Arlovsky? Listen, I mean, uh, I love Andre Arlovsky. I, I I hoped that after that Aspinall fight that uh, he was going to – I mean, I get it. He loves the fight. He loves making money. But, I mean, it – Arlovsky's one of those fighters that I think it's probably time to, you know, start, start. Dana, you need to have the talk with this guy. Should have had the talk a long time ago. Um, <laughs> it's time to be a coach. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but now he's just a gatekeeper. He's just, mm-hmm. you know, he's that, he, he he's the guy putting the other people over right now. There's no yep. way, no other way to put it. I love Andre Olavsky legend, you know, but it's just, it, it's really tough to see these legends go on their, on their losing streaks. Yeah, man, they go out so so poorly most of the time. It, it really is sad, sad to watch, um, for sure. Uh, fight that I'm really looking forward to on this card: Abdul Razak Al Hassan versus Jacob Malkoon. Uh, Al Hassan is a is the big favorite here at minus three hundred. Uh, he has two straight losses, but he's ten and three as a professional. All ten of his wins have come in round one. Uh, all. Stinking ten of them, uh, but he's four and three in the UFC. Malkoon, uh, he lost his UFC debut against Phil Haas in 18 seconds back in the fall of 2020, and that is, of course, his only professional loss. Also, even though it's his only UFC fight, his only professional loss came uh, there as well. I have this one a round one victory for uh, Abdul Razak Al Hassan. Uh, any thoughts on this fight? Listen, I'm gonna keep that one short and sweet. First round TK, first round KO. Yeah, no doubt. 
Hassan is way, I mean, I, I, I can't think of it, you know, going further than the first round. Definitely not. Yeah, I mean, it, and I think it, it's going to be an exciting first round, but it yeah. might be one-sided. <laughs> we'll see. Absolutely. Like I said, I'm going to keep that one short. Yeah. Alison, not All right. Uh, Louis Pena, the violent Bob Ross, three and three in the UFC, one and one in 2020. Uh, he had a round three loss, his last fight by guillotine choke to Kama Worthy. He's going up against uh, Alex Munoz at plus 125. He lost his UFC debut back in August to a hack pressed by unanimous decision. I have this one going the distance, but I've got violent Bob Ross getting the victory on this one. Um, what are your thoughts on this one? Uh, I mean, Luis Pena is a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. I mean, the guy, the guy has all the tools to, you know, maybe make that run or be a contender. Um, I really think so. You know, with, uh, I, I've listened to Bob Ross, you know, uh, I mean, not Bob, uh, Bob Cook. Uh, it, it's so, yeah. I mean, and I've heard, you know, DC and those guys from AKA talking about the potential that this guy has, but like I said, it's a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. One fight, he, he comes out and he looks just, he looks like a world beater. Then the next fight he comes out and he doesn't look like he even cares. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I, I, this is just one of those instances where, if the right Luis Pena shows up, he's going to win. He's a guy that could sell so many tickets if he could get consistent fighting because he's got the look, he's got the name, he's got everything that goes with it. He's got the support behind him, but he's going to have to to actually win fights consistently to get to that level. Uh, if he can get there, he can sell tickets. That won't be a problem. He might end up being kind of like the Masvidal, who has a really long career and kind of becomes a character to a degree. And maybe he'll hit his his you know his his peak at some point. Hopefully he does soon. I think he can be really entertaining. Uh, last fight of the main card or first fight of the main card is Ricardo Ramos and Bill Algio. Ramos is five and two in the UFC. His last fight was a round one loss to Lerone Murphy uh, back in July, and that was uh, he's he's got some good submission game to him. Algio the other the other way he needs to stand. His last four. Fights went to decisions. He's one and one in the UFC. Both of those fights in 2020 at a win over Spike Carlisle and a loss over Ricardo Lamas. Uh, basically, Algio, if it stays up on the feet, he's going to win. If it goes to the ground, Ramos has the best shot uh, at it. This is a pretty even fight, according to Vegas. Plus 100 for Ramos, minus 120 for Algio. I'm leaning towards Algio in this one, um, but whoever can can uh, determine the style of fight is going to be on top on this one. Any thoughts on this, guys? Uh, like I said, I'll keep this one short too. I mean, uh, I, I think the odds makers have it right on this one. Uh, I, I'm going to take Algio. All right. Uh, any any thoughts on any of the uh, prelims? Uh, you've got. Uh, I know you mentioned Jessica Penne. Uh, yeah, let's let's talk about Romanov and uh, Espino. Okay. All right, Espino, forty year old, the forty year old Spaniard against Romanov. I I, I don't know. I, I forget. I know he's Russian, but. Both of these guys are bruisers, but not bruisers in the way where they beat your face in, more like catch you catch you in a choke and put you out. I mean, they say that Romanov has a little bit of Alexei Olenek in him, um, but Espino at 40 in his – I mean, like I know they say like Alexei Olenek probably has some of the best submissions in the heavyweight division. I don't know. I, I mean, Espino's up there too. If they if this guy catches you in anything, he's not going to let you go, and you're you're going to go out, you're going to tap. But Romanov in his last two fights, 
he's done the exact same thing. So maybe these guys decide, hey, we don't want to, we don't want to grapple with each other. We'll just beat each other's faces in. But this is going to be this this fight's fly, kind of flying under the radar. Um, I don't know who to pick on this one. Uh, I'm probably going to lean more towards Romanov based on, you know, Espino being a little bit older and Romanov uh, just looks like he's a little more powerful. And either way, this is going to be, this fight's flying under the radar. This is going to be a fantastic fight. Romanov 13 and 0 as a professional. Eight of those 13 wins came by chokes of different, different varieties. Uh, Then you've got Juan Espinoza. He is 10 and 1 as a professional. Five of those fights came as chokes. He also has some uh, an arm lock in there. Uh, let's see here. And then a few punches and uh, things like that as well. So, yeah, you're right. This could this is going to be a fight that's going to end up being a finish. The question is, is, is how will the how? finish happen? <laughs> and how fast, how fast will it be, also for sure. Yeah, you're right. Great fight coming up. Uh, King Kong is uh, uh, Romanov's nickname. And, uh, and you're right, Russian, uh, let's see here, uh, well, technically Moldova. Yeah, so, that's why yeah. I, I was trying to remember because I, 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 it's hard to always remember what countries <laughs> these guys are from, unless yeah. you could be, you know. <laughs> so, but you know, they're, 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 they're from the USSR. We'll just say yes. that. They're, they're over <laughs> there somewhere. Uh, <laughs> any other fights? No man, I mean, I, I, I'm just ready to get this week over with, and let's 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 get to 261. Plain and this simple, is, man. Yeah, this you is know? the uh, the early Thanksgiving meal that you have to go to with your cousins before yeah. you get to the to the big meal uh, later yeah. on in the week. And, yeah. yeah, we we got Christmas next week, so yeah. <laughs> uh, let's just get let's just get through it, man. Uh, you know, it, it may not be it may not. It may not seem like the best card, but those always turn into the best ones. Yeah, it seems yeah you're like right. KO, it's not KO, always the, KO. The, best, the best names, like the biggest names, but that doesn't mean the fights won't be good at the same time. But man, when you look at a card like like 261, you just, yeah, you just can't wait, can't wait to get to it. Jay Henry's been joining me for the whole episode today, the Sports Stove Podcast MMA edition brought to you by Skull Candy. Uh, Jay, tell everybody where they can find you at. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. <laughs> uh, better known as MMA Drunkie. You can find me at jhenry79. Uh, I do guest on podcasts from, you know, time to time. So you just have to keep up on my Twitter account to figure out which one I'm going to be on. So, but here, but I do have my upcoming podcast coming out probably at the beginning of June. Uh, I think I've come up with a name for it, but I'm going to hold that in. Right Smart now. move. <laughs> so, uh, Vince, I appreciate you giving me another opportunity to come on here and, uh, you know, just talk. It's, it, it's always great. You know, I love to talk MMA and, uh, anytime you want to have me as a guest on here, even whenever I have my podcast, please don't hesitate to reach out to me, buddy. Awesome. Jay, you've been great. Uh, thank you again. We're looking forward to the fights. Make sure you follow Jay on Twitter. Keep up to date with everything that's going on with him. Big stuff coming. The John Anik interview coming out on Cage uh, IQ here pretty soon as well. And all that information will be on Jay's Twitter page. So make sure you look at that. Follow. Uh, give him a follow and a shout out as well. Jay, thank you for being on uh, with us today. You've been listening and watching the Sports Stove Podcast uh, MMA edition brought to you by Skull Candy. Make sure you visit uh, the comment section or the podcast notes and get your link for Skull Candy. If you use that link, they'll know that we sent you. So please, uh, if you would, uh, click on there. Even if you don't buy anything, you can just click on the link 
show some support as well. But uh, obviously, great stuff there from Skull Candy as well. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. We'll be dropping new episodes this weekend as we continue our NFL Draft preview. Uh, we'll be going through the next eight picks, uh, picks 17 through 24 uh, this week. So make sure you tune in for that as well. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Uh, until next time, we'll see you around the sports stove. Thank you.